conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. All right, so let's get into our conversation for our health feature, which is looking at uh, panic disorders. Dr. Guru Kidnasami is a psychologist. Uh, Dr. Kidnasami, good morning to you. Thanks for your time today. Good morning, Kathy. It's a privilege to be here and be interviewed by you. I follow all your uh, TV interviews. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> now you're going to make me blush. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in the studio. <laughs> well, today we're talking about something that's very important and, of course, um, and a disorder that can often be overlooked or even misunderstood, panic disorders. Let's talk about panic disorders. What are they? Okay, a panic disorder is, is it's a period or episode of very intense fear. Uh, that comes to somebody without any warning or no signal whatsoever. And it can occur anywhere at any time, and it causes uh, very intense discomfort for the individual. Um, you know, those experiencing panic disorder, for example, will, will be afraid to go out of the house to go to work, um, the fear of leaving home. Uh, they're even unable to carry out little errands such as buying the bread and milk at the shop. Um, there's also certain symptoms uh, associated with with panic disorder that uh, that can be recognized. Usually, these are sort of a racing or pounding heart, um, difficulty breathing, dizziness, trembling, uh, chest pain, a feeling of choking, hot flashes or sudden chills, uh, tingling in fear in fingers and toes, and a general fear that you know, I'm going to die. Those are the symptoms associated with panic disorder. What What are What are the driving factors um, or the causal factors of panic disorders? Because oftentimes, you know, this the 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 panic that overtakes one, it's easy to think about. You know, the fact that that could well be coming from a fear, being afraid of something. Yes, usually it's it's a, some kind of a traumatic event, perhaps uh, such as um, a divorce, uh, a threat to kill somebody, uh, relocation of a house, failure in an examination, uh, loss of a job. A combination of these may lead to anxiety, which can then build up into a, a panic attack, uh, and it can be generally it's a negative feeling, a, a foreboding of of the future. Is it easy to distinguish between panic disorders and, let's say, something like a heart attack? Yes. When one has a panic attack, you feel like you're having a heart attack, actually, because you have chest pains and you hold your chest and you're breathing uh, deeply with difficulty. Those around you will, will assume that you're having a heart attack. Um, and if it's a panic attack, you'd find that when you go to the hospital or a clinic and, and the uh, medical doctor checks on you, you'd find it's not a heart attack, but it does feel like one. And, and the person who's experiencing it has very intense fear because they feel they are going to die. So it's, it's, very, uh, it's a debilitating condition. And, 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 and when one is, is experiencing a panic attack, what is the best thing to do? I think one has to be very careful, especially when you are driving. Mm. And uh, some of the patients have related to me that when they're driving, they have this intense fear 
beginning to grow into them and they find that they couldn't drive it. That's where you are at risk of uh, harming yourself and other, harming other motorists on the road. So the safest, whether you're at home or you're walking or you're driving, is to find the nearest place you could just relax and sit down and to do some breathing exercises or to call for help, to signal somebody to call for help or, or to phone a relative, uh, but not to continue to, to do what you're doing. For example, if you're employed as a machine operator, uh, and, and you, or worse, if you work in a butchery, you know, uh, with chain stalls and so on, uh, and if you don't stop, it can lead to, to a major accident. Mm. Uh, when, when we look at it from a psychological perspective, I mean, are there things that we can learn or understand um, about our mental state of being that, that contributes to panic disorders that, uh, you know, we can perhaps work on uh, on the day-to-day to prevent us from, from having them? Yes, certainly. I think, especially with panic attacks, one has to be very proactive that um, that we, we maintain a, a positive uh, mental outlook. You know, uh, regarding, for example, the glass to be half full of uh, cold drink rather than half empty. And our outlook of, in life uh, is one of the factors that will minimize the risk of panic attack. The other, for example, in a couple relationship, uh, one has to be assertive and not become a victim, for example, of abuse, uh, because that can, that can trigger a panic attack as well. Uh, keeping a positive mind, engaging in, in um, activities that gives you a sense of satisfaction, uh, being assertive and understanding uh, panic attacks and, and the fact that it happens to many people uh, will minimize the effect on the individual. I want to talk about this idea of of having a positive outlook and again looking at where we are as a country right now, uh, Dr. Ketna Sami, because you have so many people that are rightfully very worried about the state of affairs, but we're also worried about what is taking place in our own lives, the the cost of living uh, going up, things becoming unaffordable, you know, people having to make very difficult decisions like, you know, um, taking their children out of schools, having to relocate homes just so that they're able to continue surviving. And all of these are very big life moments and and um, in many ways can contribute to us being mentally unwell. No, certainly. Uh, certainly agree with you. Um, right now, our country is in a crisis especially if we look at the New Beni tragedy and, and recently the seemingly orchestrated tavern killings, uh, and the economy and so on. But I think, you know, we need to rise above this as a nation. Um, and I'm reminded of, uh, our, you know, the, the theme for Nelson Mandela Day is, uh, you know, basically do what you can uh, where you are with what, whatever you have. Uh, whatever little you have, and do the best we can. Um, human beings are very resilient. Um, and if I listen to my father's stories or my own upbringing, we would realize that uh, we survived with the little that we can uh, shared amongst many siblings. 
And I think the important thing to be positive is to not let us get depressed, but let us also be proactive and make a dent on what can we do to change the situation in the country rather than sit back and complain constantly is what each individual can do to make a positive change. What what are the practical tools um, that, that you can help us with today in order to be able to do that? Yes, I, I think, firstly, one needs to, you know, think positively. For example, uh, let's take a simple example. If you if one is in a, in, in a relationship or in a working situation where you're being abused, where you're being uh, intimidated um, and, and scared and so on, uh, one needs to speak up. For, for fair play and justice and to be treated equally uh, in a partnership or as an employee is a starting point, for example, because if you let that go, uh, you'd find it will impact on your, on your life and depression will set in, panic attacks will set in as well. And in other practical ways, whatever you do, whether you are, for example, a TV interviewer, a psychologist, a teacher, a nurse, uh, an MP, a councillor, member of parliament, there are things that we could do in our little individual ways in our own sector that brought together can contribute to a major wave that can push away all this um, uh, evil or corruption that we are facing. So I think, you know, the important thing is not to sit back, but to say, uh, I raise my hand up, count me in to join any group uh, striving to make the change in our lives. The, the, the thing about panic disorders is that, um, at least as far as I understand, that they can start at any age. Correct, Cathy. Uh, in fact, even children experience um, panic attacks. Uh, they don't verbalize them because they're young. Oh, and we, as as parents, may just you know mistake them as as, as uh, naughty behavior, bad behavior, or a child is just going through some kind of uh, fit. But children experience that as well, and and it grows and it can manifest itself more often as as, as they grow into adulthood. How how does it move from being uh, just a panic attack to then? Uh, the, being clinically diagnosed as a panic disorder? Yes. You see, a panic attack is, is, uh, might be once-off, or it might be you know, two or three times in one's life when we experienced maybe an accident or bad news of a relative passing away and so on. Whereas a panic disorder is, is characterized by frequent panic attacks and, and a very intense fear of a future attack. And if the fear, for example, persists for at least a month uh, and you're constantly afraid that I might have a panic attack in the future, then you need it's classified as a panic disorder. Is it possible to uh, uh, deal with panic disorders without addressing what some of the underlying causal factors might be? This is, this is why it's very wise to, for somebody experiencing this to be mm-hmm. able to have the condition diagnosed um, by a, a professional uh, because they might pick up underlying causes or something in their childhood uh, 
or some conditioning that uh, the person uh, maybe seeing that situation in 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 his uh, environment triggers a panic attack so i think the diagnosis is is important and then want to look at um, what factors prior to the panic attacks what were your thoughts uh, who do you speak to where did you pass by and so on and one might be able to identify some triggers and once you have the triggers that set off a panic attack uh, it's more easily treated then we're talking about panic disorders and panic attacks. How um, can we manage those or deal with those, particularly from a mental health perspective and how it is that we may be able to identify um, panic disorders? Scully, you're calling us from Durban. Good morning. Good morning to you, Katie. Yes. And to your professor, the doctor there. Um, thank you, Lebo, for taking my call. That. Just when I was getting this, I just came off a shower, and when I heard Lebo's voice, the panic attack was gone, really, uh, Kathy, because um, I was waiting for this topic, you know, as Lebo may fill you up. And when I heard his voice, man, it just disappeared, you know, please understand me what I'm trying to get at. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, at times, I go through anxiety, and like little things, you know, get me anxiety up. And then the panic attacks arises. Mm. Is there anything, any medication or what we could do, you know, to 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 eliminate this? And 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 I'm in the 74s now, and it's quite persistent, you know. Whenever I am with somebody, I want to, you know, uh, get to know more about them and so on. But it's hard to explain on air if if there's any medication. Or please leave a forwarding phone number or so where we can contact the doctor. So, so, so Scully, how long how long would you say you've been having these panic panic attacks for? Uh, it's a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. And what's the what are some of the triggers for it? I know you said it's little things, but little things like what? Like like it's, it's nothing to do with driving or so. Mm-hmm. Like I I want to get to people that are gone, you know, friends, mm-hmm. relatives. Mm. Those that I can't reach, they're always coming into my mind that how I'm going to get them, you know. And then the panic attack gets in when you sort of get lonely and so on. Uh, the sleep is a factor also. Mm. Oh, Scully. Okay. Dr. Kitna Sami? Yes, Kathy. Okay, my response to yes. that is to, you see, the, there's two uh, approaches to treatment. One is the uh, therapy uh, that we use as psychologists, and the other is medication. Of course, medication will be out of my field. But those are the treatments uh, approaches that we use. And the other thing, look at practical ways in which you can cope. And practical ways are, are the acknowledgement of the fact that a panic attack cannot kill you. A panic attack will last for X number of minutes, and then it's over. So, for example, if you sit it out and say, okay, I'm expecting this panic attack, let it come, but I know there is a finished time, and when the time is done, it's over. The other to to understand is that give it a rating from 0 to 10. You know, uh, how do I rate this attack? And when you're busy enumerating that, you're distracting yourself from 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 the panic attack itself, and you're minimizing it, you're trivializing it, so it doesn't take control of your life. 
so that is the important thing to understand. It doesn't kill anybody, but it is an uncomfortable feeling. And I think the best thing is to say, you know, it's like uh, flooding. You know, let it come. Let me feel it. And let, I, because I know once I feel it, it's going to go away. It's like attending a, the funeral of a close relative. You know, right there you are full of grief and you're going through the process. Then the funeral ends and then you go home and after a while you switch on your TV, you have a cup of coffee and, you know, sort of life goes on. So it's not, your life is not going to end at that point uh, of, of the scary part. Um, the other simple practical task is to count backwards, <clears throat> counting threes from backwards from 100 down to zero. And you find that you have to think very carefully to, to get your number right. And when you distract your mind from that, uh, you're not focusing on the panic attack itself. Um, you know, you're trying to uh, get yourself more relaxed. And I think those, those practical steps will, will help the listener, Cathy. And, and Scully, you know, when you have these panic attacks, do they last for a particular amount of time? Not really, you know... I, just a little while. Mm. You've never Just really paid while. attention to how long, hey? Yes. Uh, but, but sometimes it's serious, you know. You, you you want to, like if you're in the room, you want to get out uh, and take that walk, middle of the night, whatever, mm. you know. Uh, you want to speak to somebody, mm. you know. Mm. And, and sometimes there's nobody to speak to, you know, that will understand you. Mm. what you're going through sure and 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 that's such that's such an important um issue to raise and and i'm hoping that yes. uh, dr kitna sami will perhaps be able to uh, give ideas in terms of what somebody like you, Scully, um, can do. But but I think you've painted a very clear picture of part of what it is that, that you go through uh, when you are experiencing these panic disorders. I'm going to continue the conversation for today. We're f- focusing on uh, panic disorders for our health feature. For now, it's just after 11.30. Dineo Mutawung is standing by with your headlines. I'm back with Dr. Kitna Sami and more of your calls the Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Uh, Dr. Kitna Sami, uh, I'd like you to just respond to uh, an aspect that uh, Scully was talking about, which is not being able to access help when one needs it and just the feeling of loneliness, wanting to uh, talk to somebody, but practically having no one around. Yes, no, of course, um, being lonely, being uh, without any resources is is scary and frightening and one can feel isolated. But I, I need to just mention there is a body called SEDEC, which is the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. Uh, I'm a member of that as well. And uh, they offer free free counseling uh, to, to somebody who's going through these difficulties who are unable to afford it especially during the COVID time. We've been doing a number of uh, telephone counseling sessions with people throughout the country. So there is that resource. The other is to be proactive and, uh, you know, occupy oneself when, for example, as as Kali says, he's lonely. Uh, In that time that you have, try to 
forecast what you want to do. In fact, like today, look at what you want to do tomorrow, and tomorrow look what you want to do the next day. So, you know, whether it's it's uh, walking, whether it's reading, whether it's studying, watching TV, uh, writing, uh, talking to a friend or relative at that particular time, drawing, painting, anything. You find when you are occupied, it's less likely that you're going to feel this loneliness, which in turn triggers the... Uh, the, the fear or, or the panic attack. All right. Thanks for that, uh, Dr. Kitnasami. Let me go to Mike in Middleburg. Mike, good morning. Good morning, Katie, and your guest. Thanks for taking my call. Mm. Yeah, uh, Katie, um, the state of the country uh, places us, you know, under panic attack. In your news headlines right now, We've just heard that uh, our crime intelligence is in Tatas. That in itself actually, uh, you know, places us under under panic attack. And uh, I heard your guest saying that uh, we can use Mandela Day, you know, to gather some strength and be positive in our approach. Uh, of course, that's a plus factor. But the fact of the matter, there are matters that we can do so little about, you know, as the, the news headline uh, item. But also, Katie, what about the international matters, you know, where we are left helpless? You know, it's time, for instance, uh, NATO is going to meet. Uh, my blood runs cold because I know they are going to take some... Uh, um, uh, for the better, for the lack of a better way, I would say stupid decisions that would actually escalate the conflict in uh, in Ukraine and actually make Russia to respond more with uh, to respond with more attacks. And as a result, the situation is worsened. What can we do under under such circumstances? Uh, Mike, you know the fact that you, you because you're a politician, um, <laughs> these are the things that raise your blood pressure and cause panic attacks. Absolutely, Katie. Absolutely, uh, you know, uh, like I say that uh, if NATO is going to meet, <laughs> my blood runs cold because I know that nothing progressive is going to come out of that meeting. But but does it help when you switch off to the news, Mike? When when you deliberately decide, okay, I'm not going to watch this real time. I'm going to switch off to it. I'll find out what happened tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know if that would be, you know, a better option. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I should just listen to some words of wisdom, you know, from regime music. Oh, Mike, <laughs> your problems are many, hey? Because you you'll be on the verge of of a panic attack every other every other minute. But um, Dr. Kita Sami, let me give you a chance to come in. Mike is one of our our regular callers. He also oh, okay. happens to uh, be uh, I don't know if I should say a former politician, but okay. um, a former politician, but yeah. still currently very engaged in uh, the discourse and the dialogue of the day. Okay, no, very good, uh, Kathy. I think. Mike will not switch off the TV, the news, because he, w- he will not be able to see you any longer if he does that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's an option, not an option for him. But I, I think he has a point. What he's raising is the anxiety created in, the, in, in, in people throughout the world as a result of the war, for example, between Russia and Ukraine. And we hear about the deaths of children. We hear about hospitals being bombed and schools being destroyed. 
And we wonder why the leaders of these countries cannot find a peaceful solution or a compromise. You know, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going into Mike's territory, but um, I think the, the issue that uh, Mike is trying to raise is how do we cope with the anxiety of warfare? And that can be real, and anxiety can then become a panic attack. Uh, and I'm sure the victims of those wars are going through panic uh, disorders as we speak. So Mike's got a valid point, and I think world leaders need to put their heads together and try and find a solution to warring nations throughout our world, Cathy. But, but is there something that we practically can do um, to help ease those feelings of anxiety and fear of what the future holds? Yeah, I think as, as individuals, we, we need to, to be occupied constantly. That's one. The other is to, uh, you know, listen to the news, but dissect it rationally rather than emotionally. <clears throat> what happens is when we identify with the situation emotionally, we can break down and cry or we can become very angry, depending on what emotions are triggered. We need to, to digest that and, and look at it in a more objective manner to prevent um, a burnout. Uh, and also within our own uh, organizations or bodies we belong to or whatever we can do, go and join them and, and look at what changes you can make to address the situation rather than just, you know, doing nothing about it. All right. William, you're calling us from George. Good morning. Good morning, Kathy. I would like to ask the doctor a question, but first just on a lighter note. Mm. I love it when Mike from Middleburg phones in, um, whether I agree or disagree with him, but I call him the voice. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a very distinct voice, doesn't he, William? Indeed, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, doctor, I would just like to ask, I have had uh, sporadic uh, panic attacks, say, over a period of 20 years, not as regularly as Scully, uh, but, 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 very far and few between. In some instances, I could identify a trigger, but in other instances, I couldn't. Um, does it happen that panic attacks can just, as it is, come over a person? Yes. Um, you see, it, it, it becomes a disorder if one has a, a persistent fear that it's going to happen again. Yes. Um, but if it is just an attack... It might be due to prevailing uh, negative conditions that perhaps exist in relationships, exist in the country, in the economy, yes, yes. Uh, or, or any of those. Yeah, but 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 can it happen without any trigger as well? You know, yes. um, it can, yes. uh, William. It's 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 panic attack is sudden, and and people who come for treatment will say, I don't know why, but this is happening yes. to me. Yes. Yes. So it is possible that that can happen as well, yes. Thank you very much. You're welcome, William. Uh, so, so, so what do you do in those in those cases then, uh, Dr. Kitnasami, where yes. somebody says, I had this panic, panic, panic attack, I'm not sure why. How do you help such a person? Okay, I think the, the first thing is to, to look at our therapy that we use. We use, for example, cognitive behavior therapy in which we reason the situation out and explain to them that uh, 
people go through anxiety to a lesser or greater degree, but you need to understand and accept that that's that fear or the anxiety will subside at some point in time. And the fact that it's not going to kill you, so it's not something to to concern you very much about. The other is to teach them relaxation exercises. For example, breathing exercises, you know, deep breathing uh, with visual imagery uh, can relax a person, especially during that time. And uh, like William can start his day with a with a breathing exercise with visual imagery, end his day with the same thing, and you'd find you learn to to get more relaxed in 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 your life. I want to take some of the WhatsApp voice notes that our listeners have also have been sending through to you. So so what I'll do is that I'll play one voice note at a time and then give you a chance to uh, respond afterwards. Um, hi, Kathy, and um, to all the listeners, and hello to you, Doctor. So a colleague of mine, one day we were on site, and it was, what's scary is that it was completely out of the blue. So she randomly had this massive, massive panic attack, and she was, she couldn't even say the words, I can't breathe, but she was attempting to, and, oh, um, we didn't really know what to do, but I, I just uh, I asked her to to count to ten in reverse and in a calming manner, and she obviously did uh, come calm down eventually. So my question is, if a person's alone and they are not aware of uh, the minor tactics that they might attempt to do, what's the worst thing that can happen to their to their like physical being, or are they just gonna come down eventually? Mm. Such a good question. Yes, um, they the, they will come down eventually. You see, the, because of the intensity of this feeling, um, the, the one doesn't believe that I can calm down. But after a while, uh, it comes down. So, I think at that particular time, uh, the the person should distract oneself. For example, phone a friend, talk to somebody, step out of the house, uh, listen to the news. Uh, Put on your computer, uh, cook a meal, or whatever it is. But don't, you know, focus and experience. Continue to to become terrorized by the by the attack. Mm. But if 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 a person is is on their own, it can also be very hard to distract oneself. I don't I don't know if that makes sense, uh, Doctor Kidna Sami. Yes. That um, you know, especially if you're being consumed by uh, this flood, as you've described it, yes. of of emotion and feeling that this thing is is coming on. Yes, no, definitely. Look, a very practical exercise would be you you understand you've experienced this attack before. You know another one is coming on. Sit down in a comfortable chair. Look at your clock or watch. And take down the time you feel it's beginning. And when you look at the time, it's going to end in minutes. It, it, you know, a panic attack doesn't go on for an hour, then it's related to something else. Mm. So it has a finished time. Uh, and maybe some kind of sense of relief will come to you to say, okay, this is going to end. It's like sitting on the dentist chair, you know, for an extraction and say, okay, this guy is going to take this tooth off but in an hour's time I'll be out of here mm. and I'm not feeling much better mm. so look at the end rather than looking at the beginning you almost uh, have to learn ways of tricking your mind 
absolutely, absolutely tricky, Cathy. Uh, Zandele, you're calling us from Durban. Good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Yes. And your guest. I just wanted to find out what is the difference between anxiety attack and uh, panic attack? Mm. Are they related? Can you tell if you have an anxiety attack or a panic attack? Uh, so I didn't get the first part of the question. So, 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 so she's asking what is the difference between a panic attack and an anxiety attack? Oh, okay. All right. <clears throat> See, a, a panic attack is very intensive, almost like you, you're facing terror, and it's very sudden. Um, it, it just happens to you at any point. Whereas an anxiety attack is, is a perception of the future, a fear of something that is going to happen, and it might be gradual. It doesn't come on suddenly. And the intensity is not as much as, as a panic attack. So that that might be the difference in, in between that. And people who are, for example, prone to worrying about everything in their lives, uh, tend to more tend to be more anxious than than others, and they probably go through anxiety attacks. Mm, okay. All right. Thank you. All right, Zandile. Thanks for calling in. I hope that that helps you out, uh, because we've also actually. Um, had another question on this issue of uh, panic attacks and exaggerated anxiety. Uh, I mean, do people, would you recommend the the same tools in in trying to treat both? Basically, uh, yeah, the the therapies are are recommended and medication may be recommended if this, you know, therapies don't work. Um, But I think a whole lifestyle change, uh, a mindset change, uh, are required uh, in order to minimize the effects of uh, anxiety and, and panic on the individual. And also to be proactive, uh, for example, if I, I begin to become very anxious in heavy traffic, uh, I'll need to time the time I leave home. I need to ensure you know it's, it's conducive so that I don't get into the heavy traffic. So proactive measures... Uh, help me minimize the the chances chances of getting into an anxiety or panic attack. Kathy. All right. Th- 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 thanks for that, uh, Dr. Kitnasami. I'm going to take more WhatsApp voice note questions for you. Good afternoon, SFM, and to listeners and to the honourable guests. I'd just like to ask the honourable guests: When someone is having a panic attack, is it advisable, or does it help when they blow into a brown paper bag, like where they in inhale and exhale into a brown paper bag that just help with the panic attack thank you yes usually that that helps with the breathing because the purpose of that is to for you to breathe in deeply and breathe out uh, deeply as well you'll find one of the techniques that's used to uh, help somebody is relaxation techniques and in relaxation techniques we teach breathing exercise for example breathing through your nose, counting to three seconds, holding it, and breathing out slowly through your mouth. So when you do that, you're kind of calming yourself. So I think, you know, it does help uh, as well in, in, in uh, relaxing the mind and the body more. Thank you. Hi. Kathy and SAFM listeners, a quick one. Um, what's the difference between a panic attack and a, a shock? 
like when I lost my husband and my daughter in a car accident, I was in a shock. It's like I was dying. I could see it while I was in the hospital. That I mean, and the nurses were like not worried. And then maybe soon after about 30 minutes in that uh, situation, they gave me a tablet. If I recall, they put it under my tongue, but I was like, I'm dying. I mean, I was like dying. <laughs> Thank God I'm fine. Uh, what, what, what a difficult moment to have to go through, right? Yes, Losing yes. both a spouse and a child in one mm-hmm. go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think, you know, uh, the listener brought on a very important point uh, that um, hospitals or clinics ought to have an area set aside to help a patient going through the shock. For example, if they lost a loved one in a motor accident and they required to be at the hospital, you know, you need to to be able to assist that person in uh, in their recovery. So shock is a sudden uh, understanding of, of news that's not good. Whereas a panic attack, it may not be related necessarily to an event such as that. It's just something that we don't know that would pop up. But in either way, I think uh, one needs to assist uh, a person going through such an emotion, Cathy. I've got a message here. It says... um Hi, just to confirm, for me, when I'm wearing clothes that are tight on the chest or arms, I feel like I can't breathe and I would even stop the car in motion. It's happened to me three times. It's over a year now since I've had it, but I always worry and I try and avoid long-sleeved clothing. Um, it's it's a scary feeling. You feel like you're dying and you just don't know what to do with yourself. But uh, journaling and staying hydrated and positive thinking has has helped me. Yes, yeah, so f- possibly, well, the quick answer would be, please do not use tight clothing uh, if you're uncomfortable in it. Uh, but often it may be related to a past event, even in childhood, uh, where you might have been swaddled in, in clothes that were restricting breathing or movement, and it was very uncomfortable. So the next time you you're experiencing something like that, it's you know your your memory is just going to flood back to to that event. Um, so it could be it could be just you know relating to a past event as well. But I think it's safer to say uh, avoid a situation that is going to lead to you being. Um, uncomfortable, Cathy. Yeah, that's that's so interesting that perhaps, you know, um, being in tight clothing would trigger a previous experience of, of being in, uh, in an uncomfortable uh, situation and being unable to breathe. Correct, yes. Um, you'd find, for example, somebody who, who was in a bus and, and had a, a nasty motor accident um, will avoid uh, going on a bus you know, after they recover, mm. it's simply because of the past fear. The subconscious mind is saying to them, uh, preserve yourself and don't do this because remember what happened to you previously. Mm. So it's it's a kind of uh, uh, self-preservation thought uh, that, that keeps us from doing something which had put us at risk previously. So, so so sometimes then and understanding uh, some of these orders requires us to dig a little bit deeper than perhaps what we may be thinking we need to do at a time. 
Oh, certainly, Cathy. Uh, this is, for example, you know, uh, I had a patient who uh, will not, she just couldn't stand um, uh, man's aftershave uh, uh, lotion. Mm. And uh, when I dug deep into that, um, I realized that uh, she had uh, been assaulted by this guy and held very closely. And that aftershave was right into her nostrils. Uh, and she just, just couldn't stand anybody with, with the aftershave. Sure. So it's it's often that uh, in the present we may forget, but the uh, the sense, whether it's a sense of smell, sense of taste, touch, or whatever, uh, will will bring back that uh, unfortunate memory of the past. Mm. The mind is such a powerful thing. Yeah. Uh, let, let me go to Durban again. Uh, Tembisile, good good evening to you. Hi, hi, hi. Um, I just had a question for the doctor because um, I suffer from anxiety and especially when it comes to exam times and I'm a student at UKZN and whenever I see the paper, I always just feel stressed and I can't remember anything even though I am a pretty good student. Um, but the anxiety always takes over and I was recommended a product for Memorex um, because of anxiety and for um, the the memory point of of it that I won't forget, and so far it has been helpful. And I just want to know from the doctor if he would also probably recommend something like that that I could take. Mm. And Tembisile, is this something that that happens like all the time, or or only when you're writing a subject that you're particularly stressed about? Um, it happens on most occasions when I write it there. All right, Dr. Kitna Sami. Yes, yes, Kathy. Uh, I, I cannot go into the medicine area as it is out of my field, but I'd like to say that uh, what Tabisila is feeling is real because many students have a blank during the exam. And when I wrote exams as well, I, I used to see this happening. And the reason for this is that the anxiety level is very high. And usually high anxiety is uh, related to poor uh, memory recall. And this is why as prepared as you are, you, you, you know your stuff like two weeks before the exam. And when you sit in the exam room and, and you look at the question paper, you cannot remember a single thing. So the, the answer to that is to, again, be totally relaxed in the exam. And also, you know, prepare yourself before the exam. Do other exam question papers, for instance, so that, you know, you, you're familiar. You're not getting a shock at looking what an examination paper looks like for the first time. Uh, so that's that's one of my uh, recommendations to Tembisila, Kathy. Tembisile, I, I imagine that you also care a lot about being able to to do well and 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 pass and get your qualification. Yes, um, especially because I am a good student, so mm. I feel the pressure is on because everyone assumes that I will get my A or my B. But mm. because of the stress or anxiety, I see the paper and then I just you know I want to run away. <laughs> 
But oh. I can't, of course. Oh my gosh! All right. Well, thanks for calling in, and also for for, 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 for for sharing that with us. It's because you. you really care so much uh, about it, and it means so much uh, to you to be able to to do well. Uh, I've got a message here that says, uh, "On panic attacks, I'm having trauma treatment at the moment called." EMDR, it's done through a psychologist and helps to desensitize and reprogram the brain not to call on traumatic events. It's also known, uh, it's the only known treatment and was developed by a neuroscientist. Uh, it's helped me so much. Yes, Kathy, uh, uh, that's one of the treatments that's also recommended, uh, rapid eye movement uh, treatments. Uh, psychologists use them as well. So I, I think, you know, uh, f- depends on the individual. There might be a particular treatment would su- suit somebody, whereas uh, another approach would suit somebody else. So at the point of diagnosis, we need to find out, for example, the personality of the person, the resources the person has, and so on and try to provide something that would suit them or something that's accessible to them, something that's affordable to them, uh, then you would find that it works. Cathy, thank you. All right. Let me also bring this particular message. We have uh, one of our listeners who says that... um, he gets scared by little things like birds, and, and he wants to know what the reason behind this could be and what he must do. Now, I don't know if it's just seeing the bird or if the bird is flying. It feels like it's coming towards him. Um, maybe, you know, he's had an experience with a bird being indoors. I don't know. Uh, Dr. Kitnasami? Yes. Kathy, uh, that reminds me of a story uh, when I was a teacher and um, I remember a child who would uh, really, really be afraid of chickens, you know, uh, chicken moving on the grounds or whatever. And when I, I probed and found out he had been punished by his parents for some misdemeanor and locked into a chicken pen with other chickens, and, and that really terrified him. Oh, that is horrible. Yes, that is yes. horrible. And and uh, even when he grew up into a teenager, mm. that memory was etched in him. And so by association, he was still fearful of that. Similarly with this listener about the birds, there might have been an experience or there might have been an imagination of an experience uh, or something, or watched a movie such as birds, uh, something that brought in fear in in him. And this is why it's manifesting itself in this way. I suppose it's kind of the way that uh, most people respond to snakes, right? Yes, yes, definitely. (laughs) Um, My wife is terrified of snakes, so I I had to do a number of therapy courses with her. Yeah, look, many of us are, even though we haven't really had direct (laughs) encounters with snakes. What we've seen and heard is enough to to have put that fear in us. Absolutely. All right. Dr. Guru Kitnasami, let me thank you so much for coming on to the show today um, and for sharing your expertise. He is a psychologist and uh, we've been discussing the issue of panic disorders. I think a lot, uh, it, it really just points us to really paying attention to some of the things that are lying in our subconscious as well that could be driving the feelings, the emotions that we're going through on a day-to-day basis. Well, that's also where we leave it for the talking point for today.